Hi everyone, you're listening to Bite Size Taiwanese, a brand new podcast giving you a taste of real everyday Taiwanese. I'm Alan, and this is Phil. Welcome to the ninth episode of our Pronounce It Like a Pro series, ten episodes to help you nail your Taiwanese pronunciation. Today, we're going to continue talking about tone change rules in part two of our special two-episode discussion on when exactly you need to make tone changes. If you missed our last episode, which is part one of this discussion, make sure to listen to it first. We'll put the link in the show notes. It should be episode eight of this series. So, in part one, we talked about nouns, names, titles, time words, and measure words. Today, in part two, we'll look at pronouns, verbs, and their complements, and finally, a few special cases. All right, there is a lot to talk about. So let's get started. So last time, a lot of the parts of speech we looked at—nouns, names, titles, and time words—were similar in that, regardless of where they were in the sentence, it was the final syllable that kept its original tone, and then the syllables before it would change tone. Right. I think last time it was only the measure words that were different. If they were at the end of the phrase, they kept their original tone. But if the measure words were somewhere in the middle of the phrase, Then they would change tone. So actually, this behavior is more like the default case. You change tone mid-phrase, and you keep the original tone when it's at the end of a phrase or sentence. So before we continue on, if it's a part of speech we didn't talk about last time, or don't talk about in this episode, more than likely just apply this default rule of changing each syllable if it's mid-phrase. And then keeping the original tone if it's at the end of a phrase. All right, now let's talk about pronouns. So we mentioned last time that pronouns like I, you, he, them, us, it are all stand-ins for nouns. But when it comes to tone changes, they behave differently than nouns. Right. So we've mentioned in our previous episode, nouns are either the subject or the object of a sentence. And the final syllable of a noun is always in the original tone. However, pronouns are not like general nouns. They're very light, both <laughs> in sound and meaning, and tend to change tone. In fact, pronouns are rarely in their original tone unless they are emphasized. So, for example, let's compare the noun mom, abu, and the pronoun I, gua. Both words end in the second tone, the high falling tone. So let's put them in the subject position first. Abu de kuante. Mom is reading. Bu in the original tone and marks the end of the subject. Now compare this with the sentence. I am reading. Gua de kuante. Here you don't hear the falling tone because gua has changed to gua gua de kuante. Okay, now let's put them in the object position, but mid phrase. For example, let's compare dad took mom there and dad took me there. So dad took mom there. Apa swa abu ki bu in. Abu is in the second tone, the original tone, which marks the end of the object. And that took me there. Apa, swa, 
gua ki. Here, gua changes from gua to gua. From these two examples, we see that pronouns behave differently than nouns, in that pronouns tend to change tone no matter where they are in the sentence. Now there's one more place where pronouns might also do something different from the default case. At the end of a sentence, the pronoun is often placed in the neutral tone. So, first an example of the default case with a noun. Dad came to see mom. Appa. Daikon. Abu. Bu is at the end of the sentence, so it is in the original tone. The verb to see, kuan, has to change tone because it's followed by the object, mom. So it changes from kuan to kuan. So to see mom, kuan, abu, becomes kuan, abu. But if it's a pronoun at the end of the sentence, for example, dad came to see me. Appa, dai gua. Did you notice the difference? Here the emphasis is on see, kwa, and the pronoun me, gua, is put in the neutral tone. You can think of the pronoun like a light little extra word that doesn't really count as a real noun, and so it can't be marked as the final word. Right. So in a sentence, appa. The verb is not followed by a real noun as the object, but just a light pronoun. So becomes the final syllable of the sentence and the one cap in its original tone. So in some situations, you can still emphasize the pronoun by using its original tone. For example, if you want to say, Dad came to see me, not you or mom or other people, here, the emphasis is on the pronoun gua, and as the final syllable of the sentence, it keeps its original tone. The verb before the pronoun kuan, si, changes tone to kuan, since it's now just a regular verb that's mid-phrase followed by an object. The stressed version of pronouns usually needs a special context. In the context here, maybe you just had a fight with your brother and both of you were sent to the hospital. And you tell your brother, Dad comes to see me, not you. Yeah. <laughs> in this sentence, both me and you take extra stress and are in the original tone. Actually, English does a similar thing too. Dad comes to see me with an extra stress on me. It has an implication that it's me, not other people. Okay, a quick review. Pronouns are light and always change tone unless they are emphasized. At the end of the sentence, not only does it change tone, but it also becomes a neutral tone. Only in some situations where the pronoun is emphasized. It keeps its original tone and behaves more like a general noun and follow the default rule. Before we move on, there's one more quirk with pronouns. The two third person pronouns, e meaning he, him, she, her, it, and in meaning they, them, are in their change tones even if they're emphasized or said in isolation. Originally, they were both first tones. E, in. 
but now they're just pronounced as the seventh tone, as if they never have an original tone. Okay, now let's move on to the next category, verbs and verb complements. Sorry, this next section might get a bit grammar heavy, oh. but we'll do our best to keep it as clear as possible. So let's first talk about verbs alone. A one syllable verb on its own is in the original tone, easy peasy. And verbs with two or more syllables are just like what we've learned from multi-syllable nouns. It's only that final syllable that is in the original tone. But in a sentence, if a two-syllable verb like 经历, to tidy up, to sort out, is also followed by, say, a noun as the object like a room, 房间, then the final syllable of the verb 经历, now must change since it's now mid-phrase and no longer final. So, the of the verb 经历 is originally second tone, high falling, and now changes tone to first tone, the high flat. So the verb becomes 经历. So the whole phrase to tidy up a room is 经历房间. The only syllable that keeps its original tone is the final one in this phrase, which is the king of banking. Right, so verbs actually follow the default case, which is the final syllable of a whole phrase keeps its original tone. That means if a two-syllable verb like jingli is mid-phrase, then both syllables will change tone since they're no longer at the end of the phrase. So it becomes jingli. So we said that verbs themselves follow the default case, but it's the verb complements that sometimes can behave differently. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so what are verb complements? Well, you can think of them as extensions to verbs that help to give you more information about the action. While Taiwanese verbs don't inflect or have conjugations like many other languages, they do have these verb complements that can help accomplish similar goals like indicating that an action is completed or that it achieved a particular result. We can't get into all the details of all the compliments in this podcast, but we'll just group them here according to how they behave with tone changes. There are two main categories. First, those that follow the default case. Second, those that are unlike the default case and put the final syllable of the phrase in the neutral tone instead. Okay, so let's start with those that follow the default case of the final syllable of the phrase keeping its original tone, which also means if it's a mid-phrase, all the syllables change tone. So this first group includes most resultative complements, which describe an outcome from performing the action like japa, to eat until full, or long pai, to hit and break. And the achievement complement, wu, which shows that the action of the verb was successful, so like tianwu, to hear it, or cuewu, to find it, or bo for unsuccessful actions, like tianbo, to not hear it, or cuebo, to not find it. So let's compare when these complements are mid-phrase and change tone versus at the end of the phrase, when they keep their original tone. Let's first look at Dong pine to hit and break. It consists of two parts. The verb is long, to hit, to knock or run into. 
and the result is pai, gone bad or broken. Now that the verb long is followed by a resultive complement, it has to change from the mid falling to the high falling tone. Long, pine, becomes long pine. So this is the form you would say at the end of the sentence. E long pine. He broke my computer. But when long pine is followed by an object and becomes mid phrase, it also has to change tone. For example, my little brother broke my computer. Gun titi, long pine. So, long pine now becomes long pine. Here's another example with to find it. The verb is to look for, and then the complement is which means to have, to exist. In other words, to have a result. Both words are originally seventh tone, the mid flat tone. Now, when we put them together, the first syllable has to change. Cui u becomes u. Okay, now let's put them at the end of the sentence. Did they find that restaurant? Or literally, the restaurant, did they find it? Now let's look at it mid-phrase, followed by an object. For example, Did they find anything to eat? So the verb phrase to find and think becomes There are only a few resultative compliments that don't follow the default tone change rule and fall into our second category. The exceptions include xi, to die, death, qui, open, pua, break apart or worn out. Don't worry, we'll put them on the episode webpage. So now, what is the second category? Well, the next category of verb complements differ in that at the end of the phrase, instead of keeping their original tone, they're in the neutral tone. So these include directional complements. These indicate direction of movement like tetsurai, to take out. Or lucky to fall over. And also the achievement complement, dear, which shows that the action of the verb was successful, like dear to see it, or dear to smell it. Now let's compare when these complements are mid-phrase and change tone versus at the end of a sentence when they're put into a neutral tone. Let's first look at today. To take out. The verb te is to take or to get. And the direction is tsud and lai, which means out and coming towards the speaker. Since directional complements at the end of a sentence are put in neutral tone, tsud lai. The verb te is the real final syllable and doesn't have to change tone. You can also think of this as the verb to take is where the emphasis is. And the directional complement, out, is just a light syllable or additional information attached to it. Te 
Yeah, and the directional complement, lai is so light that they are often contracted into one short syllable, cai. So let's look at an example where the verb and the directional complement are at the end of a sentence. Okay, let's say, she took out the photograph. Or the contracted version. But if you add another word to the end, for example, she took out the photograph to look at it. Now that the directional complement is not at the end of the sentence, it can't become a neutral tone. And so everything just follows the default tone change rule. We'll do the verb phrase take out versus take out to look at it again for you to compare. Here's another example with to smell it. The verb is to smell and it's just the action part of inhaling in order to perceive an odor or scent. The complement part, means to get, to hit. And here it adds the outcome to the action and means to have perceived the odor. And at the end of a sentence, this complement, also turns into a neutral tone. And so, P stays in its original tone, the mid-flat tone, P. Here's an example when it's at the end of a sentence. They all smelled her perfume, or literally, her perfume, they've all smelled it. Now let's look at it mid-phrase. It follows the default tone change, so P changes from 7th tone to 3rd tone. From 8th tone to 3rd tone. They smelled stinky tofu. Or literally, they smelled the smell of stinky tofu. <laughs> In ebi. We'll do the verb phrase smell versus smell the smell of stinky tofu. Again for you to compare. ebi. In All right, now let's do some review of pronouns. We'll read you a sentence and then ask you to replace a noun with a pronoun. We'll give a short pause for you to say the sentence yourself using the pronoun with the correct tone. And then you'll be given the answer. Remember, pronouns usually change tone in the subject position and mid-phrase. At the end of a sentence, they usually are in the neutral tone, unless there is context to emphasize the pronoun, in which case it's in the original tone. Third tone pronouns are exceptions, and they're always in the change tone. If you want to check out the meaning of the sentence, make sure to check out the episode page. Now, replace 학생 students with the pronoun in they. 학생 내 치트 인내 치트 라오수 
叫学生来，老师叫因来，老师去骂学生，老师去骂因。Now replace he de dang that person with the pronoun. D, you. He de dang di te wi. Di di te wi. Tao ke bo ga he de dang gong. Tao ke bo ga di gong. 我唔捌迄个人，我唔捌你。Now let's look at verbs and verb complements. So remember, resultative complements and achievement complements with u follow the default case, and directional complements and achievement complements with d are different in that syllables at the end of the phrase are put in the neutral tone. So for our review, we'll give you a question and answer. For example, did you see her mom? Oh yes, I did. Remember, in the question, you have the verb and dia followed by the object, so it follows the regular tone change. Both the verb and dia have to change tone, but when you answer. The object is omitted, so dia is at the end of the sentence, and it has to be put in the neutral tone. And the verb becomes the final syllable, so it's in the original tone. Now listen again. Di kamu kuan dia in lao bu. U guo kuan dia. Now it's your turn. Listen to the question and see if you can provide the response. We'll pause before giving you the answer. You. 我有听到，你敢有接到我的批？有，我有接到。All right, that's all for our ninth pronouncing like a pro episode. To review what we discussed today, visit our website bysizetaiwanese.com and go to the episode webpage where you can find a recap of everything that we covered. You will be able to see all the words we used in our examples to make it clearer. If you haven't yet, please go to our website and sign up for our mailing list. Once the first season ends, you'll be the first to get updates about our next season and also other news like the upcoming release of our vocabulary that will be available in print. When you start to learn any language, one of the biggest challenges is the drudgery of having to continually build your vocabulary. 
So we've been working hard to put together a vocab builder that makes expanding your vocabulary fun and easy. It's targeted for both our newbie and elementary podcast listeners. So if you haven't yet, make sure that you're on our mailing list for the latest deals on the book and the launch. Also, by signing up for our mailing list, you'll get immediate access to our pronunciation cheat sheet. And you'll be able to receive special promo codes only available to our list subscribers, including for new releases like the Vocab Builder. Just click on the link to our website in the show notes and sign up. It takes less than a minute. Thanks everyone for listening. The Shadagay Shu Tian. I'm Alan. And I'm Phil. See you, See you next time. time. 再会. Bye.